Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. God created earth for man, not man for the earth. Hi, this is Keith Tusi. Welcome to Leadership in Context. Last week, I read to you from Genesis 1.28. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every little thing that moves on earth. God has made us to rule over his creation, to subdue the earth. And he said to fill the earth. I'm pro-life. I think we had to fill the earth. The earth is still vastly empty, vastly empty. We're only using 2% of the world's land to feed the whole world right now. And you know what? That number gets less as the population grows. You say, well, Keith, how could that be? Because of technology, because of refrigeration, because of shipping, uh, because of all these things, it, it makes produce more affordable. It makes the science of it more workable. Uh, so we are able to produce much more with less effort in a more scientific way than ever before. That's the power of technology. And if you have more people, then you come up with more technology. People are not the problem. The radical environmentalist, their bottom line is population control. You need to know that and you need to understand that. And we need to understand that right now that we have a war going on with hundreds of thousands of innocent people being slaughtered, and we're feeding that war machine. We're, I mean, the rest of the world, not just the United States, but Europe and many other places, because we're buying oil off of Russia simply because we won't drill our oil for fear that we might contaminate the earth in some way. Now, let me just say this. This is important. This generation of young people have bought the lie that the world's climate is in danger. We say, well, Keith, isn't the, isn't the climate changing? Yes, it probably is changing, but it has always changed. You know, we only have really about 120 years of real viable uh, climate records. Get about 150 years of general records, but about 120 years of very viable you know, documented uh, records. And we can see within that 120 years that there have been spikes and ebbs. You know, if you went back 20 years ago, I guess it's about 25 years ago now, the greatest warning on the cover of Time magazine was the new ice age. The ice age is coming. The planet is cooling. Why? Because there was a swing. So we have... 120 years to look at this thing in a snapshot. And we don't understand that there are cycles in the earth because we don't have a record long enough to know what those cycles are. We know from exploration and understanding fossils that there are places that are all around the earth that used to be warmer than they are now and places that used to be colder than they are now. We don't know when that happened or how that happened, but just as each year has four seasons, and those seasons sometimes change cyclically, we may have four or five years in a row where you have a harsh winter, and then you don't have as bad a winter. You may have four or five years where you have a lot of rain, or you don't have any rain. 
It was interesting to me, uh, was it about three years ago, we had these heavy rains, and they called them the 100-year rains. Why did they call them that? Because it was 100 years since we had measured rain like that. Now, if we would have had 90 years of records, we would have said, it's never rained like this before, but we had 120 years of records. And we could say it's only rained like this once in 120 years. No, it might be another 100 years. At least that's what they're thinking. What I'm saying to you is we don't even have enough data to know what the climate is doing. We do have enough data. We do have enough science to know that the climate of the earth does change somewhat. Here's the other thing we don't know. And matter of fact, I would go the other way. What we don't know, there is no proof. Listen to me. There is zero proof that anything man does is affecting the climate. You say, well, Keith, that's an outrageous statement. No, it's all theory. We say, well, you know, what about, you know, the gas house, uh, you know, the CO2s? Do you know what the largest thing that produces CO2s is? Listen, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not making this up. See, years ago, when I began to understand the pro-life movement, many, many years ago, in the early 80s, I realized that radical environmentalism was about population extermination and population control, that they saw people as a problem, not as the blessing. Do you know where poverty is the greatest in the whole world? It's where you have the sparsest populations, not the greatest populations. Because when you have very sparse population, you don't have the synergy and the manpower to produce prosperity. And the reasons you have some area of the world that can't take care of themselves is because you don't have enough people farming the land. That's a, that's a whole other subject right now. But the greatest, and I learned this from the environmentalist, and I've confirmed it through uh, personally talking to college professors, scientists, that cow flatulence is the greatest cause of these CO2s. That's cow gas, okay? All those cows out there in the field doing their thing, chewing their grass and tooting, that's, that's a great problem. You know what the other single greatest and I'll use this word, uh, no pun intended, I guess, eruption of the CO2 is volcanoes. Uh, when a volcano erupts, what it puts into the air this way is greater than many nations could do in a long period of time. And by the way, the other interesting thing about CO2s is they cause greenery. If you have a, if you have a volcanic eruption, because it's carbon dioxide that comes out, what does that do? That feeds plants. So you get a great harvest. I remember reading one of the uh, small eruptions out of Washington State a number of years ago, and that's apple country. And the next several years, they had the greatest harvest of apples. Okay, Now, we have people telling us that that's destructive. But I learned, like very young, that plants turn carbon dioxide into something called oxygen, but you need the carbon dioxide for the plants to flourish. Isn't that amazing? But I'm telling you here that there is no proof that anything that man is doing is affecting the temperature. Now, there are theories, and you know what? One of those theories might even be right. Several of them might even be right, but we don't know that. There's no proof to that. 
okay? And I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't be good stewards and that we shouldn't be reasonable and we shouldn't take care of the planet, uh, but it is a planet. It's not a person. It's not Mother Earth. It's dirt. It's Earth. And by the way, most of the world's population is coming, or population, excuse me, pollution is coming from third world countries. So what we're doing is we're putting 90% of the effort into industrialized nations, and it's having a 10% effect. And if we put 10% of that effort into third world countries, we'd have a 90% effect. We, we are doing it exactly opposite as it should be. And the reason this is so critical right now is we literally are bowing to the environmentalists and we're saying the life not only of the Ukraines, but of the next country that Russia will conquer over oil or Japan. That's why Japan got in the war. You probably know that. But they got in the war over oil. That's what China is looking at right now. That's what North Korea is looking at right now. It's a, it's a needed commodity. And God has put a lot of it in the earth. And I believe he can give us the technology to do it in a great and responsible way where it's not our enemy. It doesn't mean we can't develop other technologies. But if we have a Christian worldview that says here that we're to fill the earth, we're to subdue the earth, we're to uh, rule over the earth, and we're to multiply in the earth, I think all those words mean something to God. And I think if we're pro-life, we ought to act like we're pro-life, and we ought to act like people are more important than frogs, okay? I like frogs. I like frog legs, actually, okay? But listen, people are more important. That doesn't mean that we've got to have complete disregard for anything else, but push comes to shove, shove the frog, save the person, okay? We've got to grab this. We've got to be unapologetic. Because there are many, many people sitting in our churches today who literally believe one of the most important justice issues is the environment. I'm not saying it's not somewhere on the list, okay? And if there's not something reasonable we can do, but most of what's being done is being done out of theory and out of fear, not out of science. And it's amazing how these people say, oh, it's a matter, don't you believe the science? Uh, actually, I'm the one that does believe the science, and I'd like you to show me some science, okay? There is, on God's green earth, enough room for more people, and he's put enough natural resources in the earth to sustain us, okay? Not just so that we can have the great American dream, but so that we can preach the gospel, that we can offer safe haven to people, I want to just really encourage you to really look at the earth from God's perspective. God created the earth for man, not man for the earth. The earth was designed to serve man, and from that standpoint, we should take care of it so it can serve another generation. That's the truth. We should not be bowing to Mother Earth. We should be praising Father God. See, this is leadership in context. This is understanding the issues and how they affect how we think. 
We should not have a scarce mentality. We should have a plenty mentality. We should not respond to fear. We should respond to faith. God has put those animals and those resources on this planet to serve us, not us to serve them. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. I'm really trying hard to connect the dots for you. I pray you, I pray you do some study. You look up some articles. You read some things. And by the way, not all these scientists agree with the liberal mantra. Thousands of scientists do not agree with their projections and their computer modules that they're offering without evidence. They're just an idea. God has truth. They have an idea. Hey, share this with somebody, would you, in Jesus' name. Today, Keith had a discussion about people being more important than the earth. God created earth to be able to sustain his people. There is enough room for more people. He put enough natural resources in the earth to sustain us and can give us the wisdom to develop technology to harvest it in a great and responsible way. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.